0: The 22nd of March, 2007, episode 70. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Interviews are never a comfortable situation, but the more you get out there and talk to employers, the better you'll get at the dance. Everyone has their own style when it comes to interviewing, but you'll find that many questions and situations become commonplace once you've been through the gauntlet a few times. I just finished another long interview process, and today I'll be sharing the details of what I learned. Let me go over a few quick topics before we get started today. Uh, the first of which, uh, Apple TV has released now. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a little box. that looks like a Mac mini, but it's about half the size, half the height. And you stick that by your TV, hook it into your TV, and it basically you can send everything from a computer wirelessly to that box and watch it on your television. So you have pretty much everything that you have in, in iTunes, if uh, you use iTunes, and hopefully you do. Uh, all your movies, some even some podcasts, I believe you can listen to your music. You can watch photos on there as well. So uh, very cool stuff. I've heard lots of good things about it. I've heard lots of bad things about it as well. Uh, The main thing there being that it's $300, but I think we're going to see a lot more functionality come out of this thing in the long run as far as maybe even being being able to run some software on that. But I think the biggest impact on us as designers or people that are in our situation is it's just another outlet for people to create stuff and have it actually go to to people's TV. I mean, it's not it's it's not like it used to be where everything people used to watch on TV used to come straight from you know broadcast television or movie stations or anything like that. We're actually watching DVDs. Uh, now we're in the in the realm where already now for quite some time we've been able to make our own DVDs with our own movies and our own slideshows of pictures and that kind of stuff. And now it's getting even easier. I mean, this is just the way the market and the way the world is going. Everything is is basically coming from your computer and either going to something mobile that you carry with you or being, as in this case, being sent to your, your television. And a good opportunity for the little guy, kind of like podcasting is doing, a good opportunity for us little guys who maybe don't have big, giant budgets to make grand, grand old films and and productions like that, a good way for us to maybe eventually get onto to different people's TVs and, uh, and get our message across or, or get our artwork out there to be shown to different people. Uh, the other thing uh, kind of in-house is Quick Tips. Uh, I just released yesterday the Quick Tips Part 1 of How to Make a Killer Screencast. So this one is basically me just turning on the camera, and uh, showing you guys how I actually set up and go through the podcast, uh, but everything up until the editing point. And that will be in the next part. We'll actually go into Final Cut Pro and Soundtrack Pro, and I'll show you what I do to actually edit it and then output it, compress it, do everything that I need to do to get it up for you guys to see it. But again, I got lots and lots of questions about what do I do or how do I do it or what, what programs do I use? So if you had, if you were one of those people that had those questions, then definitely go check that out. And uh, I would really appreciate that. Wanted to send a thanks to, first in general, everybody for listening. Thank you for listening. Everybody who's been sending in emails. I I constantly get great emails with either questions or just comments about the show. Really enjoy it. Uh, Things through MySpace. A lot of people uh, joining up as friends there. And I apologize for taking so long. That's kind of on the bottom of my list all the time. So, takes a little while sometimes, but thank you guys for interacting and uh, getting on the forums as well and doing all that stuff. Uh, a special thank you to those who have actually donated a little bit of money. Um, I said I wasn't going to make a big deal about this, but I definitely want to thank you guys. Uh, anything that you give definitely helps me out, especially in times like these when I don't have an advertiser. Uh, I, I believe in the near future I will have another advertising deal, but in these times when I don't, I, I'm not making any money. And that's fine with me. You know, I decided to do this, so I'm not begging for a handout. But, you know, if you do feel the need, there is a little button on the website uh, that you can donate with PayPal. But for those of you who have done it, thank you very, very much. I really appreciate that. Um, And those of you who may want to, it's there for you. If you don't want to, definitely do not. You know, that's fine with me. I am dedicated to this podcast whether people give me money or not, so... We're running the Tell a Friend program, as always, and this is basically just you getting the word out about the podcast because we don't have the budget to go out and advertise in magazines, on websites, uh, any kind of commercial advertising. We can't do it because we don't have the budget. So I ask that you tell anybody that you know that might be interested in in listening to this podcast or watching Quick Tips, if you watch that one as well, tell them all about that and uh, that'll really help us out. Uh, The other thing is the email program. We're going to stick with that same email. I believe this will be the fourth week. So uh, the email is info at printmag.com. That's info at printmag.com. And that goes to the editor at Print Magazine. Basically, I just ask that you write a nice little letter telling them why you like the podcast, telling them that you think it's a good uh, reference for graphic design, for learning about graphic design, and perhaps they'll maybe write something about us. Uh, I also want to ask that if anybody has suggestions for, for a certain publication or website that we could write to, one of your favorites maybe, maybe you subscribe to a good graphic design magazine and you think it would be a good fit, definitely uh, drop me a line and, and tell me about it and we'll go find the, the contact for the editor or somebody that we can write to and I'll definitely use that, I would appreciate it if anybody has any suggestions for that. All right, so this week uh, we're doing kind of the soundseeing tour thing again. I just went through a, a big interview process and uh, I kind of am starting to enjoy this. It might sound a little sick, but, you know, when you have a job already and you don't have to worry about whether you're going to get a job or not, uh, you still, I think, are a little anxious about it. I was anxious about it because, you know, if it's an opportunity that I'm willing to go through this interview process for, it's, it's obviously something that I want. And so there's there's that, there's a little anxiety surrounding that. But other than that, I mean, I don't have to worry about, well, if I don't get this job, then I'm gonna be without a paycheck for another couple of weeks. So in that respect, it's kind of fun because I get to go out and I get to get experience doing this stuff, which I think is a, a great opportunity. And you know, some of you might go out and just have a couple of interviews and then get a really good job. And that's that's great if you can do that. But for those of you who have to go through interview after interview, and I've heard people say talk about this on the forums, it sounds like a it seems like a bad situation. But really, I think you're getting some some great experience that you can't get anywhere else, and it's really going to benefit you in the long run. Because sooner or later, some of these people that just went through a couple interviews they're going to end up looking for a new job, uh, whether it be out of necessity or whether it be they're just looking for something new, and they're not going to have all that experience. So I I try to look at it as a good thing. Sometimes it just happens. Uh, I went through quite a few interviews and got absolutely nothing. I don't want to go back through the whole story again, but I actually kind of happened into my job. I started out as a temp doing something completely different. And then they found out at that same company that I could do what I could do. And I got my job that way. So Please don't get too discouraged if you go through several interviews and don't get anything because it's the hardest, one of the hardest fields to get into, I, I think, because people are so tied into, you know, if they know somebody, then they're definitely going to go through them first and see if they're qualified. But it's really one of those catch-22 type of deals where, you know, you're you maybe a student just coming out of school and you're trying to get a job and, and to get the job, you need certain experience or qualifications, yet you as the designer need to have that job to get the experience and the qualifications. So it just doesn't always match up and you just got to find the right fit to where they're willing to work with somebody, kind of ramp them up, get them, get them up on the, uh, on the experience that they need and uh, really work with you on that stuff. And that's why, again, I'll I'll go back to this is it's always a very, very good idea. If you're coming out of school to have some kind of internship, because that will build those skills. you will be able to work in a working environment and that looks very good to potential employers. Anyways, back to the story. I, uh, I interviewed with a place called Skyline. And come to find out, I, I actually didn't know this when I applied, but it's, it's kind of like a chain. There's, there's lots of them all over the U.S. And what they do, they specialize in making custom graphics for uh, trade shows. So trade show booths and displays, but they're the custom ones. If you've ever seen, there are some that just basically look like a wall. And it's just like a 10 by 10 or a 10 by 20. And it's just large graphics on a wall, basically. And they'll put some kind of podium or table in front of it. These ones, uh, although I'm sure they do that as well, these ones are a little bit different. Uh, you may have seen these as well. They have all kinds of crazy scaffolding. They have different pieces that are actually custom made to fit the identity of the company. You know, if there's, if there's some kind of uh, a good example, I guess, would be like a surf company. And they would maybe even incorporate some kind of surfboards into the design of the displays and stuff like that. They've custom things where they put computers or kiosks in and all kinds of different sized tables. And they actually have to design uh, what this thing is going to look like. And you have to keep in consideration spacing and, and think like how many people are going to be in there at once and how much room are they going to need and things like this. So pretty cool little deal. And I, I think the most appealing things to me were the fact that uh, of course, being in-house designer right now, I always design for the same company. I'm always rehashing the same kind of designs because we don't, we're not going to change what we're selling. So I have to come up with new ways of trying to sell that same product, that same service over and over again, and hopefully be able to keep it fresh, which is not always the easiest thing to do. With this new opportunity, I would be working for several different companies because. Basically, it's just that's their business is selling displays. So you got the salesman going out and selling displays and they bring it back to you and you design for that customer. Once that's done, your relationship with them is pretty much over. Uh, The company still takes care of things like setting up the booth and maintenance and all that kind of stuff. But as a designer, I would be moving on to the next client at a different company and designing for them. So that was, that was something that kind of intrigued me. Uh, I definitely was excited about that. The other thing was, uh first of all I haven't done much trade show display uh, designing before so that would be something new for me. They also supplemented that with other things they would do um kiosk demos, brochures, packaging, all other kinds of whatever else they needed. Uh they would definitely they would do it for them. So lots of different uh lots of different avenues as far as being able to design for different types of companies and also different types of media. So Something that that was pretty good, and I guess one question maybe some would have is why am I looking for another job? I've only been in the job that I'm in for about what about six months now, still relatively new to me. Um, I do like the job; it's fun at times. It's not the most fun I've I've had doing a job. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of maintenance work, so. Doing web design maintenance work isn't always very creative, as you might guess. So that was one reason. But mainly I always like to keep my eye out for something good. There's always going to be something better out there. Now you may happen into a job that's just the killer job and it's something that you really want to do, and you're you're learning something new every day, and you're you're just you're right on top of the new technology, and you might not leave there for two, three, four, five, eight years. But you might get into a job where maybe you catch up to speed real quick and you're not really learning too much anymore and you're looking for a new challenge. There's always something new new and challenging out there that, that can make you a better designer. We've always said if you're not moving ahead as a designer, you're basically moving backwards. There is no standing still. People will pass you by. So you always have to be striving to, to move forward in design. And that's another reason why. Um, A third reason, I guess, would be what I was talking about in the beginning. It's very stress-free to interview for jobs while you already have a job. You definitely don't want to be quitting a job and then going out and trying to find one afterwards. Take the advantage of having that steady job, that steady paycheck, and going out into a more pressure-free situation in which you don't really, it doesn't matter if you mess up. It'll matter because maybe you wanted the job, but it won't matter because you're not going to have a paycheck after that. So, I mean, there's lots and of, lots, of, lots of reasons. And another one, may be, maybe you're very happy with your job, but circumstances change and maybe you're not making enough money anymore. People, you know, as you grow older, you, you have different priorities. You have families, uh, different things happen. You want to buy houses, cars, stuff like that. So sometimes you just need to leave because you need to make more money. So I, I'd say just always keep your eye out for good jobs. And, and the other good thing about having a job already is you can be very picky I don't just interview for just anything. It has to be something that that seems either very lucrative to me or something that's really going to help me grow as a designer and really challenge me. So, those are basically the reasons that that I'm still out there looking for a job, even though you know maybe I haven't been in my job that I'm in for very long. So the interview that I went through was very thorough. It was a good one. It was uh, it was a lot more detailed than some of the ones that I've, I've been through in the past. And that was very good. I like that because it showed me that they were really, really looking for the right person for the job, which is good. And these are things you want to take into account when you're, when you're interviewing for someplace, because one thing you don't want to see is they just kind of go through and, and don't really talk to you. Don't really learn that much about you because that tells me that they're not trying to find somebody that will fit with their team very well. They're just trying to plug in a piece because they're missing a designer and they need somebody really quick, you know. Even if you're in that situation, I think you you really have to take your time as an employer to find the right person. Otherwise, it's not going to work out and that person's going to be gone shortly after that anyways. So that and look for quick turnover. It, it never looks good if there's a job and it seems like they're constantly looking for somebody new because that might say a couple of things. First of all, again, maybe their their interview process isn't very good and they're not hiring the right type of person. And secondly, maybe it's a crappy place to work. You know, If people are constantly leaving, that tells me that's not a very good place to work. If it's somewhere that's really good to work, maybe even if the job isn't that fun or the work isn't that great, if people stay there, it tells you that at least the people you're working for are good to work for. If it's constantly turning over, then that would throw up a red flag to me that something's wrong. So there was several different stages to this. Uh, I also had to take a test on one of the, uh, one of the occasions there was lots of different meetings. Uh, I, I guess not lots. There was three different times I had to go to the office, which was a lot to me because usually it's just one shot and then you're done or maybe a second interview because usually it's just one shot and you're done, or maybe even a second interview going back, but for the most part, uh, not three. And uh, then I'll go over the, at the very end here, I'll go over the, the results of it. But uh, first of all, how I got in. Most times, you know, you'll, you'll find an ad somewhere and you send in your resume or you send a cover letter. You email something in, you give them an online portfolio, something like that. This one, I actually got through a friend and I was telling them about how I went to Aquent and was kind of exploring new possibilities. And really what I wanted to feel out was the whole working at a design firm or agency type of thing. Uh, I shared with you after I went to Aquent that the lady said a couple of things about that. First of all, that they don't generally pay you a whole lot to start out there. They're gonna try and start you at the bottom level because you've never worked in an agency or a firm before. If that is, if you're coming from an in-house design position like I am. And I just wanted to explore this a little bit myself because, you know, I'm not just gonna take somebody's word for it. And that to me is the most appealing type of job right now because again, I'd like to work on several different things for several different organizations, different types of business, because it'll keep it fresh. That's what I do in my freelance uh, for the most part. And, you know, I always enjoy doing that. I don't always enjoy going to my full-time job because it's the same thing over and over again. So having heard that, you know, I was explaining this to my friend. And he said, oh, I have a friend that works for a design agency. And that was his friend, of course, worked for this place that I ended up interviewing for. So and if you ever have an in this way, if you ever have people that know people, Definitely definitely take advantage of that because it's a way to get in and you know maybe I maybe if I just sent my resume in or emailed it in, maybe I wouldn't even been considered for an interview. But because I know I knew this person and he actually knew the the director, the creative director, the person that was going to be interviewing me, then I think that gave me a little bit of an in. Now I can't say that for sure. I am, you know, super talented, so of course I got an interview. Uh, joking, of course, but um, you never know. I mean, if you have an in some way, I, I definitely say take it because in this kind of industry, it means a lot that you know somebody and that they can you know speak up for you a little bit. So that was that was the first part of that. I got an email from the creative director shortly after that, saying that they'd like to have me in for an interview, and so I been, went to my first meeting. The first meeting was with the creative director, and I think what the other one was—it was like a project manager or somebody like that, I believe. Uh, it was two girls, pretty young. Everybody, mostly everybody at the company, was around my age, pretty young, in their you know late twenties, early thirties, which was nice. Uh, I met with these two ladies, and we went to like their big boardroom, I guess, and just kind of had a conversation. And like I said, this was pretty much low stress for me. So I, I kind of treated it like a, a conversation between, you know, friends. And we talked about all the normal things. They they asked their questions like, what's your weakness? What's your strength? Um, she kind of twisted it a little bit where she would say, we would be going through my portfolio. Uh, that's another thing. I built a whole new portfolio for this thing. Because I, it had been a while since I've been on a, a job interview. So I went out and bought some big fancy portfolio. I actually bought the kind that uh, it has like the little screw posts in it. And it actually opens like a book. And then it has the pages with the plastic over them. I've heard since then that that some people really don't like this kind. But I think it's very nice. I think it's, it keeps everything in check there. It's bad because you can't pull the pieces out and, and pass them around to people. But I think it keeps everything nice and clean looking and, you know, keeps the crap off of your artwork and keeps things from getting ruined. So I actually like it a lot. Um, But I I started showing them my portfolio and we would just have little conversations about the pieces, of course. Uh, As I said, it's always good to to know, maybe rehearse a little bit what you're going to say about each of the pieces or just have in your mind something that you you know you're going to talk about. And one thing that she actually kept asking me is – you know, what was challenging about this piece? And I, I thought that was a very good question rather just, than just saying, you know, what's what's challenging about being a designer? Because that's an open-ended question that could have a million different answers to it. Uh, I think it was better because we would go through these different projects and I got to really get into the specifics of, of what was challenging about the project and how I overcame that. And a lot of her questions were kind of like that. What was really hard for you about this? Uh, and how did you overcome that? How did you make it through and uh, come out with a piece that you came out with. Other than that, I mean, there was pretty standard questions. They're just trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to fit with the team? How open am I to to uh, sharing with other people? And I said, you know, I'm looking for a job where I can learn, where I can work with other people and learn from other people because that's not the situation that I'm in right now. So that right off the bat, I think, impressed them. She also had me kind of go through my resume, and uh, I think I've mentioned before it's a good idea to bring some extra resumes with you. Uh, Turns out I actually printed one out and didn't look at it, and it was the wrong one, so I actually had to borrow hers. But I went through the resume and explained the different duties that I had for each of my jobs. Um, First of all, the the first job that I had at my current company, as well as the one that I took on about five, six months ago. Also, uh, the, the only other things I have on there are my personal business, which we go through and we talked about a little bit in some of the struggles of of working with clients and stuff because that was directly relevant to that job that I was interviewing for. And I'll, I'll share a little bit more about that in a second. The other thing was the two podcasts. I actually list my podcasts on there because they do keep me very skilled in audio editing and video and that kind of stuff as well. So I like to keep them on there as well as, you know, we, we talk about a lot of topics that are very important to the field of graphic design and how we deal with our everyday lives. So I, I think that keeps me very current on things and I like to keep that on my resume. I think it's a good thing to have on there. So the job was kind of this. Uh, I said before that we were designing or we would be designing displays for trade shows and you'd be working with different customers and the way they have it set up, they do have a creative director, but it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like the traditional setup that you would have in an agency where you have the creative people and maybe even have production artists underneath them. But you come up with these designs and you take it to the creative director and they say, yeah, that's not very good. Do it again. Or maybe you can change this or that or whatever it might be. This was more like you have a a particular salesman that you're working with and a client, and the salesman figures out what the client wants, relays that to you, you design it, you take it back to them. It's almost like working freelance to where you're coming up with ideas and sending it back to the customer and saying, is this what you want? So right off the bat, that sounded kind of funny to me. That wasn't what I had in mind. Uh, Not that it was bad, but it wasn't really what I envisioned the job being. And I kind of, when we were in the conversation, I was kind of trying to get out of them whether that was flexible. Whether it could be, become more of a team thing to where other people are looking at other people's work. Maybe we're going through the creative director before that final one, that final design goes out. Because I think that's the way things should be. You should at least have one other person looking at your artwork to make sure that, uh, that things are, are going in the right direction. Not that you don't know by yourself whether they are or not, but you can get caught up in your own thing. You can get that tunnel vision, and it helps to have a different perspective on things that maybe somebody will point something out that you never would have even seen without them saying so. So I think it's always a good thing for that, and I kind of brought up that. I think these are things that you know not every person probably would bring up in an interview, but I tend to know exactly what I want. I've been doing this stuff for five years and I've been kind of stuck in the same kind of position. So when I go out and I look for another job, I know what I, I know exactly what I want. I know the situation I want to be in. I know the kind of workflow that I want to have. So I'm not afraid to kind of move in that direction. Uh, the other show that I made for an interview was about a video position, video editing. And at the time, it was going to be me and one other person on the team. And before that, there was a whole video team, people that would go out and shoot, people that would produce and blah, 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 all this stuff. So when I went to that one, I was kind of the same way. I was like, well, are we going to get back to the point where we're a team rather than just outsourcing the other stuff and bringing it back? And then I do the editing because I wanted to be part of a team. So, you know, if you know what you want in an interview, I think it's important for you to really get that out, convey that message that you want to do X, Y, and Z. And that's why you're looking for a new job. And actually that was the first question out of their mouths was why are you why are you looking for a new job. And I had obviously all the answers to this question because again I know what I want. I'm not leaving my job for just petty reasons. I'm leaving because I need experience in certain things and that's what I'm looking for in my new job. So we finished up with the portfolio and again they just had basic questions for me about my working style and and uh, what kind of attributes I have in my personality, and, and what I do in my daily life, and that kind of stuff, just the the norm. So this was like the the main interview for the creative director to to get to know me a little bit a little bit more. The people that were going to be directly above me are working with me hand in hand all the time. After that, uh, I left that feeling pretty good. You know, I felt like uh, I got my point across and. They got theirs, and I think they got the information that they needed. So I left, and uh, I heard from them about a week later. Maybe it was two weeks. Uh, funny thing, actually, the creative director accidentally sent me an email, and uh, there was a person named Adam at their work. And thanks to the uh, autofill, now you actually start typing somebody's name in an email, and it like autofills it with, with an address. She accidentally sent it to me. So <laughs> that was a good way for me. That was a good in for me to, to write her back and say, Hey, you know, I'm still here. Uh, I think you sent this to me on accident. And she wrote me back and said, Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we were actually going to have you come in again for a test. And like I said, they they actually designed the whole structure of the trade show displays. So this test was in the, one of the programs that they use, which is a CAD program. And, uh, I don't remember which one it was. Something CAD, of course, because they're all set, they're all called something CAD or CAD something. Um, so what I did is I knew I was going to have this test. It's going to be a little skills test, and it wasn't supposed to, to test whether I knew how to use a program already. It was supposed to test how quickly I could get acclimated to what they do. They wanted to know how quickly I could ramp up my skills on this program and be able to use it because they use it all the time. So... You know, being the overachiever that I am, I went out and downloaded the trial version of the software and kind of messed around with a little bit before I went to this interview or this little test thing. That way I had kind of a leg up. I went to it. They gave me, she gave me a little tutorial, showed me how, how to do a couple of things. And then I jumped on the program and started going to work. And I just basically had to make this little kind of wall thing. It was made out of the little scaffolding pieces. And it was, it was pretty easy. Coming from the background that I had in school where I actually worked in 3D, the worst thing about this program was the fact that it was hard to move the, the thing around and look at it from different views. Other than that, I mean, the pieces were already constructed. All I had to do was bring them in and put them together. And uh, about halfway through the test, actually, she showed me a little uh, a way to do something that she forgot to show me how, which actually made it all the more easier. So I went back and redid the whole thing. I think I finished the test in about a little over an hour. Probably would have taken me about 30, 45 minutes if I had known that from the beginning. But again, I thought I did a pretty good job for never really having used that program before. Uh, I picked it up pretty quickly. She said some people just get dumbfounded when they're sitting at the computer and they just don't know what to do or how to do it. So that made me feel good. I feel like I did a pretty good job with that. So uh, the next thing uh, I left that one and after that, actually, we were walking out, and she said she she said something like, "You know, we really like you, we have, we have a good feeling about you." so uh, that was obviously a good sign. Uh, not something that everybody would always say to you. They don't always uh tip their hand to you like that, but it was nice to hear, but again, I didn't get overconfident at the same time. I still knew that there was a process, and they were they were sending several other people through the process as well. So the next thing was uh, coming back for a third meeting which we'll get to right after this. The keys to the game our key command for today comes from both Illustrator and InDesign and it's to show hidden characters. And this can become very important to you. I think I went over in a quick tips not too long ago why this can become very important, but basically this shows you all the paragraph signs uh, it gives you little dots for how much space is in between your letters and your, your words, and it shows you everything you need to know of, of what's going on with your type. And to get to this, you're going to press on the Mac Command Option and I, and on the PC, that should be Control Alt and I. Before we jump back into the story that we're going over, um, just want to update on some of the things that have been going on with the AQUINT uh, a while back, I went to Aquent, which is kind of like a headhunter or like a temp agency for designers. And I kind of interviewed with them and told them what I was looking for, basically. Uh, I, I told them that I was willing to take on some some freelance work, which absolutely none has come my way. Uh, one thing you got to keep in mind if you do one of these things, you have to constantly be in contact with these people. They don't work for you unless you're talking to them, telling them, yeah, I'm ready to take a job or I'm available or that kind of stuff. It becomes more important when you first get a job from them because then that's when they know your job is over and you're really ready to start working again. But even if you haven't got a job from them yet, it's good to stay in contact. I notice that when I'm actually in contact with the lady emailing her, she tends to call me a lot more and let me know when when jobs come available. Well, I also told them that I would be open to things like, It would have to be, it couldn't be temporary employment. It would have to be something that would eventually turn into full-time employment. So, uh, you know, because I'm not going to give up a steady paycheck for something that's only going to last three to six months. So she's given me a couple of opportunities. Uh, I told her I wanted to be in a certain range, of course, as far as what I make, because again, I'm not going to take a huge pay cut just to have this other job. So she's come up with a a few things. I've pretty much had to say no to everything because either it it wasn't the right price range for me or it was something, and I don't know if she is just kind of strapped and not finding anything and trying to give me ideas, but a couple of them were temporary. They were three to six months and I'm like, no, that's not what I asked for. So, um, you know, a couple of things, but nothing really suited me. So I kind of had to say no to those, but, I uh, just thought I'd keep you updated on that as well, because, you know, this is my first time doing something like this and I'm not sure how well it works. Uh, it could be just where I'm at in San Diego. There's not a whole lot going on as far as uh design jobs or, or high profile design jobs. Uh, I do make a pretty good salary, so I'm sure that's a hindrance as well. If I was more, more along where the average of everyone else is, then it would probably be a little bit easier as well. But, uh, that's where that is right now. Right. So uh, in between the meetings, I just want to kind of talk about the correspondence. I dealt pretty much always in emails, and I always dealt with that first contact that I had, which was the creative designer or the, the creative director, rather. And Ever since the first interview, I felt I had a pretty good relationship with her. She was very nice. She seemed uh, very cordial, and she was she seemed like somebody that wasn't going to get annoyed if I dropped her a line every once in a while. And basically, I would wait about a week in between each time I saw them, uh, sometimes more. As I said, I think it was about a week and a half or two weeks after the very first interview. But you always want to stay in their mind somehow. you know, Give them a phone call or send them an email. And, and that tells them that you're still interested. I mean, obviously, they know people are interested. But you have to seem more interested than the other people that are going for this job as well. So you don't want to just not have any communication with them at all until they call you again. There are going to be some cases where this is what happens, though. If you apply for jobs on something like Craigslist, where they just give you an email that actually ends up expiring because they only want people contacting them to apply for the job, you might not ever be able to contact that company again. And in that case, that's okay. I mean, you have no other choice. But if it's somewhere where you've actually gone there, you have a contact person, you can at least get something through the front office, through the office admin or someone like that, then definitely go that route. Give them a call after you know a week or so. Send them an email. Do something. Try and talk to them again and let them know that you're still there, that you're still actively looking for other jobs but you're still very interested in this position as well. And uh, that'll be, that'll work out for you. Well, the third meeting was uh, about a week after I took my skills test. And this one actually was a little confusing. I had the creative director tell me that I was going to go in for a meeting. And she said that we were going to meet with the president of the company. Now I took that to mean that she was going to be there and both of them were going to kind of fire off questions at me and, uh, this would be like the, the grand finale of trying to figure out if I was the right fit for the company. Well, in some ways it was that, but uh, it turns out I got there and waited about 15, 20 minutes. I think she was at lunch or out of the office or something before we realized that she had in mind that I would just go in and talk to the president by myself. So finally, we figured that out. I went in and talked to the president and really this was a situation I've never, ever been in before actually going in and talking to the president without anybody else there. In fact, I don't think I've ever talked to the president of any company that I've interviewed with before. Now, I assume in some cases, maybe ad agencies or design firms, the companies will be very small and the the acting president will actually have other duties, maybe even being a creative director or something to that effect. But uh, up until now, this had not happened to me actually having an interview with the president of the company. And this company was pretty small. As I said, it's kind of like a chain, but in the same way that like McDonald's is a chain, each of those stores had their own their own particular owners. So this was the guy that ran this one. He was the president of this company. There was probably, from what I saw, because I actually walked through the place to uh, to take my little test. What from what I saw, it looked like about fifty people worked there, maybe. So it wasn't super big, but it wasn't it wasn't completely small either. So we went in to have our meeting, and uh, honestly, I didn't know really what to talk about, and it seemed like he didn't either. He, he actually told me that he was expecting the creative director to be there as well. So it almost seemed like he was a little bit lost at the same time, which uh, made me feel a little bit more comfortable about the situation. We kind of went through details of the, the company itself, of the business itself, which was kind of cool because, like I said, I didn't know that this was a big chain. I should have noticed this because I went to the website and there was like a main website and then there was a skyline San Diego website, but I just didn't put two to two and two together. But he told me about that. You know, it's a big chain. He's owned it for a very long time. Uh, give me all the details about that and ask me if I had any questions about their, their business. And basically, you know, I just went through the, you know, I don't know the background. So give me the background. He, he told me that many times when they were hiring designers, it was people that didn't have the background in structural design. It was people that hadn't put together you know, the big displays like that before. They tend to hire somebody that has the graphic background and somebody that they feel can come up to speed on the structural stuff and the spatial design and stuff like that. So that, that was something good for me to hear because that's exactly what I was. So that, that put me at ease a little bit. Uh, I basically let this guy talk as much as he wanted to. Because I didn't know what to ask him. I mean, what do you ask the president of the company? All the questions that I had really had more to do with things that the creative director probably would have been able to answer. So I asked as many questions about that as I could of this guy. Um, basically, like, what's the workflow for those guys? Um, what, what? How is the organization set up? Like, I know there's a creative designer, but does everybody to answer to that person? I kind of went through that same thing again of, do these people work together? Do they work separately? Uh, I was told they work separately. So what's, what's that all about? And, uh, just tried to to hand him questions like that as much as I could. He didn't know all the answers of course, because, you know, he wasn't really the one to be talking to, but I guess this guy wants to have final say on who comes into the company. And again, just feeling me out to see if I would kind of go with the flow and fit in with everybody else, because, You know, you need people that can work together. He said the people on the design team work with everybody else in the company. They work with the salesman very closely. They also work with the people that put these things together. So there has to be a good working relationship between everybody in the company. And he was just trying to get a good idea of whether I would fall into that or not. So, um, a lot of the specific questions I had, he didn't have answers to. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, he was very thoughtful in what he was saying. It took him a long time to think of, you know, he'd sit there for like a minute thinking and then all of a sudden come out with a conversation that was 20 minutes long. So that made me feel a little more comfortable too. When he would ask me a question, I'd give it a lot of thought and, uh, you know, not try and blurt something out real quick, but but really try to think about my answer and make it a good one. And this is something I try and do throughout the whole interview process. I mean, you don't want to sit there for five minutes and not say anything, but I mean, if you can, if you can kind of stall a little bit and maybe give it a little bit more thought and come up with a better answer, I think that's always better than trying to blurt something out and and pretend like, you know exactly what you're talking about. And maybe it's not as good of an answer as if you would have taken about 30 seconds of silence to think about your, your answer and, and come up with something that's really thoughtful and really good. So, uh, I don't know. All in all, that that meeting I thought was a little strange. I thought it was strange that the creative director wasn't there as well to like kind of help explain things and, and help formulate questions for me. But, uh, well, that's what happened. So that meeting I, I left feeling a little bit strange, but still felt I had a pretty good chance at getting this job. Uh, he told me to actually contact them if I hadn't heard from them in about a week told me to contact them. So I did do that. I sent another email uh, about a week from that day. And I think I got the response the next day. And the response was that I didn't get the job. And the response was by via email. The good thing was I, I got an answer and I got an explanation, which some jobs you won't even get that courtesy. Uh, most of the time, I think they'll tell you whether you got the job or not. But if it's just hundreds of applicants... They probably won't even tell you that. It'll be a case where if you don't hear from them, then basically you didn't get the job. Or maybe you won't hear from them for a long time and you'll contact them and they'll say, well, that position's already been filled. So uh, it was nice to actually get an email saying, you know, this is, we went with somebody else and this is why. And she let me know that they actually found somebody, somebody that had structural experience before. And, you know, like I just said, the, the president said that they usually go with somebody that has more of a graphic background, and they they just trust that they'll be able to learn the other parts of the job. But apparently, that's not always the case. Apparently, they found with somebody with structural experience, and maybe they had graphic experience as well, and and maybe that's why they went with them. So, um, whatever the case, I mean, I got I got a straight answer, and that that was enough for me. That was pretty good. And like I said, I, I thought it was a very good process, and I let her know that. I sent a very nice email back. Of course, I was disappointed, and you know anybody's going to be disappointed if they even somewhat remotely want a job and they don't get it. But you, you don't want to lose your composure in something like this. I think it's always good to just suck it up, send a nice message back saying, you know, good luck. You know, I. I'm glad you found somebody that fit fit the position well or whatever. Because these people are always gonna keep your they have to keep your resume on file for another year or so. So, you know, if something else comes in, you don't want to burn that bridge because there might be another opportunity for you to get in there. So I always like to just, you know, I, I just consider myself a nice person anyway. So I and I had I felt I, I built up a good rapport with this creative director. So I sent her an email back saying, you know. Uh, good luck with with what you're doing. I'm glad you found somebody that, that fit well. you know You can say, yeah, I was kind of disappointed I get the, didn't get the job because they should know that. I mean obviously you were interested in the job. you wanted it. But uh, I, I try and write something nice back and uh, one thing I like to do is actually ask for some feedback from them. And if you this might be, this, this might not be something that you can do every time. But like I said, I built up a good rapport. Uh, this whole thing stemmed from us actually having a friend in common, so I felt like it was a situation where I could ask her. I actually asked the person on my other interview that I that I spoke about for the video editing job. I asked that person too for some uh, for some feedback or some criticism about my interview process, and never heard another thing back from her. So uh, I actually did get something back, and. Uh, Well, that just kind of leads me into the rookie mistake. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. Our tip is to not go into interviews blindly. You can always grow from every, you should grow from every interview from one to the next. You should always pick something up and learn something about it. And you never want to just kind of put on the blinders and do everything exactly the same way every single time. It didn't get you the job the first time, so why do you think it's going to work on this next one? You always want to change things up, whether it be from what you're wearing to the portfolio that you bring in to how you answer the questions or the questions that you're asking them. And always make sure that you have questions to ask them. If you don't ask them anything, that, that actually looks bad. It looks like you don't really care about uh, what's going on at their business. So the way I like to do it is by getting some feedback from the interviewer. And it's like I said, it's not always going to happen. Sometimes they're just not into that. Sometimes some people might think that's very strange that you're, you know, trying to ask them questions or ask, you know, for feedback from them after they told you they didn't give you the job. So I did this on this last job. Uh, I always like to learn as much as possible from the process, and a good way to do that is to talk to the person that was giving you the interview. They had certain questions. They were expecting certain kinds of answers. If you didn't give that answer, they know what to tell you, what you, what you maybe did wrong in their mind. So it's a good opportunity, opportunity to learn something from them. And they can always tell you what they expected to see from you and maybe didn't. So first of all, you know, I sent this back in an email in response to the email of them explaining that I didn't get the job. Again, you want to be nice. You don't want to send anything like, why didn't you hire me? That's not the way to ask for, for criticism on your interview process. It's got to be more like, well, you know, I felt I I did pretty good. Actually, don't even say that. Just say, you know, is there anything that I can improve for my next interview? They should be able to share something with you if they're interested in sharing anything with you at all. Again, some won't, but if they they are open to that, then they should be able to give you some good pieces of advice. Um, I was told that my interview was very good, but still, there was a couple of things that she pointed out and uh, I wanted to share those with you. Uh, she says as for critiques for your interview process there were there's very little uh, she said I performed well in the interview said I was personable and knowledgeable uh, the, the other girl that had met with me said she mentioned she would like to see see me more, be more energetic I'm not a very inter- energetic person I was a, actually a waiter for a while when I was younger and I wasn't very good at it I, I just I don't do well with people I don't like people Uh, I don't, I didn't smile enough. I I don't, I'm not one of those people that's chit chatty. So, um, I guess that's basically what she was talking about. Um, the actual director said, I felt your energy was conveyed in other ways, getting very excited about the things that that I do. And she mentioned in particular, the podcasts, uh, said the, the different podcasts you you run definitely show someone that's open and receptive to feedback and communication. She probably got this from the fact that when we started talking about the podcast, it was kind of funny because we kind of connected. I don't know what the, the other girl did because I don't think she does design at all. But just talking about, I was talking about the different segments such as this one, the the rookie mistake. And she said, oh, what's a good example of what you what you talk about for that? And I gave the example of... You know, never working without a contract. And we both kinda had a chuckle about that because I think as designers, everybody does that at some point, whether you mean to or not, you know, it's just kind of funny to to share something like that. So that's why I thought that we really, you know, had somewhat of a bond as far as, you know, we do the same thing, we know what we're talking about. So But I can see that, you know, I can see myself looking, you know, not energetic enough or not necessarily bored, but just, I'm not an excitable person. If you haven't noticed that from, you know, the monotone podcast that you listen to every week. And, uh, I'm also very sarcastic if you haven't picked up on that. Uh, what else does it say? It really all came down to experience in the trade show industry. So the person that they hired actually had experience, uh, building trade show displays and also the actual structural design, the spatial design that they do there. Says that I would suggest for your portfolio uh, displaying a wider range of styles. Says, I know, especially hard when you, when the industries you design for more or less do the same thing, which is true. But I try and stick a a few things in there that I've done, you know, out on my own. And, And I said that it's, I've always said that it's a good thing to do that. If you are an in house designer and pretty much all your stuff looks the same make up a project, make something that maybe doesn't exist. Even though, you know, that doesn't show the fact that you work for somebody else. I mean, you have a steady job, you know how to work for a client. But actually doing something yourself shows that you can branch out and, and have different styles there as well, which is important if you're going to work somewhere like that, where you're designing for different types of companies. Now, if I was just going for an in, another in-house design position, that probably wouldn't have mattered so much because they can see that I can I can get one style, one brand down, one, one way of thinking for a particular company and do that. Uh, she says also to be sure to put designs with a good story behind it. Even if it isn't one of your best designs, it's still an asset if it allows you to describe a situation where you use your skills to resolve a situation. And I talked about this before. She was very into the... Uh, what kind of roadblocks did you hit in this project and how did you get past them? She was very interested in those types of things. And I think that's, I thought that was very cool. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to have to disagree with her on this. And I think most people would. Is that if you have a portfolio piece, it better be one of your best pieces. Even if you have a piece that's not as good and has a very, very good story behind it, I wouldn't put that in there. Because what if, what if you actually don't get the chance to tell that great story? Or what if you, have the, you only have the chance to kind of briefly go over it? You don't want a piece in there that's not as good bringing down the quality of your portfolio. If you put something in there, it tells the employer that you think that's some of your best work. And if it's not some of your best work, then that's going to say something about you, and it's going to say something that you don't want to be saying. So, Basically, uh, that's all I have on that. I went a little long on this one, but... It's important. It's important to get as much as you can out of every single interview that you take so that the next one will be that much better. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our bullpen entry for today is a website, and it's one that I actually... Where did I get this from? I think it was one of the hosts of... InDesign Secrets, which is a very good podcast that I've recommended in the past. If you do use InDesign, definitely check out InDesign Secrets. So I guess we have two bullpen entries today. Uh, Kind of a reminder one. But uh, one of the hosts on that one was actually talking about different references for learning that she likes. And one of those is vtc.com. And this is, if you like lynda.com, which I always recommend, this is kind of the same thing. They have little training programs that are uh, video tutorials, kind of like what we do on Quick Tips for Designers, and they walk you through different different projects and different things so that you can learn software. And this is just another way, uh, another place that you can do that. So, um, if maybe you don't like the style of Lynda.com, or maybe you've uh, exhausted all their resources, you, this is another place where you can find that. And I just think any opportunity that you have to go out and get some training is a good one. So definitely take advantage if you need that training. Uh, Again, it's vtc.com. Before we get out of here, I asked again that you always tell anyone that you think can benefit from this podcast, tell them where it is. Of course, our website is at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. And if you watch Quick Tips, you can tell people about that as well. RookieDesigner.com slash Quick Tips on that one. The email program, uh, this email will be going on for the next week, and I think we're going to change it up again. It is info at and that is for Print Magazine. Nice little graphic design magazine. So uh, send them a nice letter about Rookie Designer and or Quick Tips. And uh, if you have any suggestions for Uh, publications or websites that we can send to in the future. Definitely send those to me. And you can contact me via email at adam at rookiedesigner.com, myspace.com slash rookiedesigner if you're into that. Uh, You can Skype me at username titanstrides or use the call in 619-573-4043. And both that and the Skype will take you to a voicemail where you can leave me a message and Hopefully, I will get back to you. I can see, it's not actually on right now, so let me turn that on. Um, You can also use the forum. The forum is a great way to interact with me and lots of other designers all over the world. And uh, there's some great conversations going on at all times. And let me just say, if you have a question, I'm usually up there at least once a day. I will try and answer it as quickly as possible. I've noticed a couple of people go up there and ask questions and actually go research and find the, the answer to their own question, which is always a good thing to do. And actually, I think you should probably try and find the answer before you ask other people. But uh, if you can't find an answer to something and you really just you really need to bounce it off somebody else, then definitely the forums is a great place to do that. And I will try and get up as quickly as possible and answer the question if I know the answer. Another good thing to do is bounce ideas off of others. Uh, we've had a couple people go up there and put up some... Uh, Maybe some different rough drafts of things that they're they're creating and ask people's opinions, and that's a great thing to do. Also, we have a photography and an illustration forum where you can put up those things and get some feedback from others. So, uh, a great way to interact with those in your field, the field of design, and uh, people that are all over the world, not just from where you're at. So, it's always a good thing. Right, I want to thank everybody for listening again. Uh, new listeners, old listeners. Uh, In between listeners, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. And let me just, uh, another quick reminder, if you need to get any of the archives, any of the ones that are not on the feed, and that's 1 through 30, you can find those at rookiedesigner.com slash archive, I believe it is. Let me check and make sure. But basically, that's just a listing of all the ones that have been taken off the feed. Actually, it's rookiedesigner.com slash rookie slash archive. Or you can just go to the regular website and use the navigation bar at the top. But it's 1 through 30. Uh, For a while there, 1 through 20 weren't working. I have fixed those links, so those are working now, so you can go back and and get those episodes as well. And uh, that's about it. So uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high!